Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. We are back. It's been a minute. It has been a hot minute since we dropped one of these podcasts. It's been like a month. I think you are correct on that. It's been about a month since we did this. Uh, yeah, our last episode was January 11th, so it's Feb 9. It's been almost a month, but we're gearing up. We're 49 days away from the start of the season, right? Yeah, it was 50 yesterday. Yeah. So I remember seeing Steve Delabar somewhere. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, first off, you were gone on a nice vacation. How was your trip to Brazil? You are in Brazil for a long time, too. Yeah, I was gone for pretty much all of January, and I got back last week and have... Now finally gotten over the cold that I picked up on the plane. Mm. That's kind of an inevitability now. You're going to get sick on a flight. Yeah. So I was on six flights in the span of three days coming back. Do you want to hear my fun travel story that actually ties back to the Jays? Sure. So I was going to cover NHL All-Star Weekend. I had to fly from Edmonton to Toronto and then down to Florida. Had a tight layover in Toronto. So I was like running through the airport, right? Trying to get through. I'm on one of those moving sidewalks. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. And then I look and I see a rather large man. The big man? He's got a big hood on. He's got a big chain. Blue Jays toque. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. In the flesh. Where was he going? Did you see? He was going to Saskatoon for the Jays fan thing there. So I just saw him standing there and I got real excited. Because like I'm looking at Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And he is like two feet away from me as we cross on the moving sidewalk. Well, he yeah. wasn't moving, but I was. And I didn't, and then he kind of looked at me and I was like, Flatty, let's go. That's what you said? Yep. And he just looked at me and then looked back down at his phone. <laughs> and I felt like a real loser. That's, uh, yeah, that's, not going to lie, that's not a great look for you. No, not at all. I like, I'm the loser who yelled at him in the airport. Not yelled at him because, again, close to each other. Um, but I was like, man, that's really what came out of my mouth in that moment, huh? Yeah, he can't, um, dealing with a layover at Pearson Airport, he can't have enthusiasm. That's a soul-sucking airport. Yeah, um, but then someone messaged me on Facebook, because they were also on my flight to Toronto, but they were going somewhere else after. And they were like, dude, I just saw Vladdy at the airport. He was going into, I think he said, like, the Mill Street bar, and he's having a drink. Wow. And I was like, whoa, Vladdy, one of us. Just having a beer during his layover. Just a regular guy. He gets on a plane, gets yep. off a plane, he's in the airport, he has a drink, calms the nerves, gets on another flight, just like us. Just like us. You love to see that kind of so stuff. So that's how you know baseball season's almost back. How did he look? Do you look big, look thick? You look thick, man. Like muscular thick, like he's been flipping over huge wheels in the Dominican Republic. Well. Like that one-off season, remember when there was 
Like there was videos of him yeah. surfacing in like December. They're they're like, oh, Vladdy's. Uh, I think this was after 2020. He had his difficult year in the COVID year before yeah. his breakout year, and there was all these videos of him like flipping a fucking wheel from like a tractor, and the yeah. wheel was much larger than him. Yeah, Vladdy getting in shape. Uh, he was wearing like a hoodie and sweats, so it wasn't really like. So you couldn't tell if he was chiseled or if he. No, he just a... looked big, and that chain he was rocking was big. He got himself a nice little payday this summer. Not this winter, of course. Not, not yeah. this summer. This winter, yep. He did. Fat stack of cash. Which is a nice uh, tie-in. Very good segue there. Very good segue, Coombsy, to the latest news we've gotten around our Toronto Blue Jays. First off, welcome into episode 127 of Blue Jays Nation Radio, which is brought to you by Montana's. Montana's.ca. Check it out. They got daily deals. They got a new comfort menu. Good stuff happened at Montana's. I went on Monday for wings. It's very good. Yeah? What's you your should... favorite thing on the menu? The if wings. Would, what else other than the wings? What else would you recommend? Uh, they have a pot roast soup as part of their comfort menu that I tried. It's pretty like good. That. What kind of beers do they have on tap? Uh, they got a handful. They have your standards. And then the they, standards, I noticed yeah. a couple craft options on there as well. Um, but when you go for wings, it's also $5 buds. So I had wings and buds. Did you get mm. Montana's messy? I did get hashtag Montana's messy. How messy? <laughs> I don't know. How to <laughs> like answer. messy like lost in the sauce or messy as in like you're eating wings and you made a big mess? messy like i was eating wings and made a big mess oh, you didn't get lost in the sauce though that's no. fair it was a monday it was a monday but mondays at montana's means half price mondays wings. at montana's that's right uh Bo bichette this was our news of the week here this is what sparked us doing another episode of the podcast there was some talk i should i shouldn't say there was some talk there was a lack of talk around his arbitration case we were hearing a lot of like uh both sides are keeping this under wraps no one had even really given that firm of a report as to like when the arbitration hearing was because they didn't want anything getting out it felt like at least from my perspective that things were a little tense around this from both sides and then boom tuesday evening we hear a report from i believe it was ben, ben nicholson smith who said they might have a three-year deal done here. How surprised were you when you heard that? That just came out of nowhere. I expected them to reach something before they went to arbitration. So to back things up, to give everyone context, back in November or back in December, January, I've got my like my my winter dates and everything are just mm -hmm. everything melds together. But so shortly after the turn of the new year, like a couple weeks into January, the Jays go ahead and reach one-year deals with. Everyone that's projected to go to arbitration this year, except for one guy, mm -hmm. and that's Bo Bichette. And people start to get nervous. They're like, oh, why are they going to go to arbitration with Bo Bichette? Like, don't you know what's going to happen? It's going to be like Marcus Stroman all over again. He's going to be all pissed off that the team was critical of him, and then he's going to get traded, and he blah, blah, blah. He's not going to resign long term. But here we are now. They reach a deal, what, two, three days before they were supposed to go to arbitration? And it's yeah. not just a one-year deal to get it done and kick this down the road and do it all again next season. It's three years. So they don't have to deal with this drama again, but he had three more years left of control before free agency. So it's just walking him to that. It's no different than what they did last winter. Matt Chapman gets a two year deal. So they don't have to deal with arbitration, but I think it's nice not to have this drama every winter. I think it's a pain in the ass having this conversation. And it's just, it would always be a storyline, right? Like this year when we were hearing about the shortstops available on the market and all of this kind of stuff, like not that that fully goes away, I guess, because that conversation was more about Bo potentially flipping to second base and things like that. But you're right. It's just one less piece of drama to deal with. It walks him right to free agency. Yep. Are you at all maybe nervous is the wrong word, but give me a percent chance this is the last deal he ever signs with the Blue Jays. I don't know. That's a really hard one to kind of... 
to kind of... I think the three years will obviously determine it because if he breaks out as a superstar shortstop, I think there's enough love there to make something happen. Yeah, I I think that's what it comes down to. And I mean, this was generally the conversation when it was supposed to go to arbitration, which is that if the Jays want to keep Bo Bichette around long-term, then they're going to have to just decide whether they're going to pony up the cash to make it happen. It's not going to be, oh, Bo Bichette felt slighted that they gave him Mm -hmm. 500 grand, a million dollars less in his first go-around at arbitration. Like, if you go back to the Stroman situation, he he's all angry because he lost the arbitration case that one year, and he comes out and says on Twitter, oh, I'm never going to forget these things that the team said about me. But then months later, it turns out that he was willing and interested in signing an extension with the team. So I don't think this, in the Bo Bichette case, or in the anyone case, arbitration would have ruined the long-term relationship. But what it ultimately comes down to is, are the Jays going to pony up the cash they need to. We just saw the Red Sox not do it with Xander Bogarts. We saw the LA Dodgers not do it with Corey Seager. You know, this there's a lot of teams who are letting their internally developed players leave at that age. And we have no idea what to expect because who knows what the Jays will have in their system in three years. Maybe there's a hot shot shortstop coming up and they're like, ah, you know what? We'll qualify Bo and let him walk. You honestly just never know. You're right. This is an interesting kind of era in that regards where I, I always just go back to the more standard line of thinking of the devil you know, right? Do you want to just maybe sign the shortstop or the player you have in your system where you know their warts, you know their deficiencies, and you know what they do well? It seems like now a lot of teams are kind of sitting there going, whoa, 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 no, maybe we almost know too much about this guy and we're fine letting him walk because we're confident we can fill that production elsewhere. I really do think, though, and and I said it a couple minutes ago, how Bo plays in these three years will determine the way this goes. If it's a rough first couple of years where there are still the defensive issues and things like that, maybe the bat doesn't get as, we'll say, consistent, I think, as you'd like, then I think, yeah, you're probably getting to a point where this is the last deal. But I think having him signed for three years at a reasonable number as well I think that also helps Shapiro and Atkins kind of build out the rest of the team. That cost certainty when you are firmly in your World Series contending era is important. It makes life a lot easier for you because you know now exactly what you're going to be paying this guy all yep. these years. So we can't, you know, 2024, I think, is the final, or 2025 is the final year of the deal. So 2025 is not going to roll around and he's not going to get an outrageous arbitration award of, you know, $30 million. Let's say hypothetically that's where it winds up that year. I don't know if that's going to be the case or whatever, but they now have the cost certainty to know that's not going to be the case. As we learned shortly before the start of the pod, it's 33.6 mils all told. So you can bunch it around that now. There's no, um, nothing's in the dark. Yeah. Um, I had another point, and now I'm just totally, uh, I'm totally blanking on it. Oh, uh, in relation to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I guess, and his, we'll say, long-term future with the Toronto Blue Jays, do you think Bo being on a short-term deal in any way increases the likelihood that maybe next winter we finally get our Mega Vlad extension, or at some point before next winter? Like, all right, you went this route with Bo. Let's make sure we at least lock up one of these cornerstone pieces. You'd think, right? I mean, I don't know. We've always kind of viewed them as a package deal from moment one. You'd think maybe it'd be a little bit strange optics wise and in turn in inside the locker room wise and on the team that. Vladdy gets a 10-year contract and Bo's here walks straight to free agency. You'd think that might be a bit strange, but they are mutually exclusive. They're different players, they're different people, though there always has been the comparison. These are two players who had parents that played in the big leagues and who grew up with a lot of money. So, I mean, they're not, say, Tampa Bay's Wander Franco, for example. It's a a little bit different. Like, he's going to 
bite at the opportunity a year into his career to sign a generational wealth contract. Whereas these guys, maybe not so much. They care more about maximizing what they can make and choosing where they want to play. And their legacy and things right? like that. It's a lot yeah. easier, I think you're right, for a Bobichet or especially a Vladimir Guerrero Jr., whose father's in the Hall of Fame. It's a lot easier for them to sit there and turn down yeah. $300 million guaranteed at this stage in their life because they'll sit there and go, ah, I'll take my chances that I'm worth another 150 million in three years versus you're right. A guy who doesn't come up with that kind of a background. If he sits there and you offer him 200 million, I mean, you're a fool to with injuries and things like that. You never know when it can just evaporate or that opportunity goes away. You take advantage of it when you can. And you're also looking at the way that salaries have gone up in the past, you know, handful of years. The reality is, is the, the hope is right now with the new CBA being signed, more teams are competitive more teams are actively trying to win, so more money is going to be thrown around in free agency. You'd think hypothetically then that more players are going to be interested in reaching that age in their career mm -hmm. and, and testing for agency to see what happens because it seems every few years now the, 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 the amount of money thrown around goes up by a lot. It does. Like today we see you Darvish is 37 years old and signs a new deal for six years. It's going to bring him to through his age 42 season, and the Padres are paying north of $100 million for it. Which, That's crazy. I mean, it's crazy, but... It's an, we, Ilya, it's an Ilya Kovalchuk contract. But we've seen Verlander now pitch late. Yeah. We've seen Max Scherzer pitch late and be effective, and you're not paying you, Darvish, obviously, Verlander, Scherzer money, but I think the line of thinking would be, hey... There is a chance, just with the longevity we've seen from other arms, that you, Darvish, can outproduce this contract those last couple of years. Plus, we're now seeing the Major League Baseball turn into the NHL as a salary cap league because now everyone's worried about the AAV of contracts because that's how they look at it when you're doing Bingo. collective bar or not collective bargaining, the um, competitive balance threshold. So you stretch you, Darvish's contract out. Three years, three dog shit years, but it makes his AAV significantly smaller like Ilya Kovalchuk. Right? If you view you Darvish as a, let's say, just under $30 million arm right now in terms of what he can give you, and I, I that, that's maybe a bit much, but if you view him as that right now and you think he could be at least that for three more years, then you don't care about tack on three more years and an extra $18 million, but it brings down that AAV while you're, again, Padres like the Jays, firmly in their championship window. You do that every day of the week. You do. But it is kind of a, I don't know if I It's funny to see it. It's interesting. Yeah, like, it's I don't weird. know if it's an unintended consequence of the CBT, but it's certainly a ripple effect of it, and I don't think, unless something's changed, because remember, I mean, not to make this too hockey-ish, but the NHL had to go out of their way in the next CBA to fix that. Yeah. Because they realized it was a problem, and I feel like we're just on that same timeline here with baseball, where for the next however many seasons, this is going to be a big thing, and every deal is going to be as long as possible for a veteran, and it's going to be in air quotes, back diving like crazy. And we'll just have this for the next five, six years. Get used to it. Something for us to pay attention to for these bow and blood contracts. Maybe they wind up being 50 years long. Something <laughs> well, crazy. Right? Like if you're at that point in your mid twenties and the Jays say, Hey, we'll give you a 10 year deal for again, just simplicity of math, 300 million. And they go, ah, no, we think we're worth more than that. If you're the Jays, you just go, okay, fine. 400 million, but the deal's 15 years or something like that. 25 right? years. Something crazy. Yeah, it's like $1 million per year, like the Bobby Vanilla contract style payouts yeah. until the end of time. As long as the Jays are a franchise, they owe the Bichette family and family estate. As long as Canada is a country.
uh, we are paying Vladimir Guerrero Jr. $1 million <laughs> a year. No matter what, they got to come up with the cash. Rogers has to figure it out. Ba- uh, this not a backdiving deal, but a deal that the Jays signed. Uh, signing Chad Green, a guy who we've certainly seen a lot of throughout his time with the New York Yankees. He's not going to be available until later in the season, correct? Yeah, that's right. He had Tommy John surgery in yeah. September. Mm-hmm. I think it was. The season came to an end, so we're thinking... This is basically like you've made a trade deadline acquisition eight months early. Like in August, you'll probably... Two-year deal though, right? So it comes with a little bit of term. You're investing a little bit in the recovery of Chad Green, but you're right. It feels like a deadline deal being made now in terms of when he could be available. But look at that. Look at Hunjin Ryu. Two arms. That is, that's not going away. Like, if their bullpen comes out of the gate and sucks, Coombsy, get ready for all the takes of, you know, they just got to survive until September with this bullpen, and then you could add Ryu and Chad Green, and if they're healthy, those are those could be two uh, good bullpen pieces. Yeah, no, we're that also going to have if the same thing if um, any pitcher starts off struggling and Ricky Tiedemann has a good start in AAA. We're going to be talking about that for all of April. All of Mantelli finally comes up, just like Alec Manoa, and that's going to be the comparison. Yeah. Everyone's going to say, hey, he had one good start in AAA. That's all you need. Never forget when our podcast hot take uh, that year was Manoa works out of the bullpen by September. And it was like, <laughs> oh shit, he's their second best starter. And it's like May. Fuck. He makes a difference out of the bullpen. <laughs> Do you want to try and explain the Chad Green contract? Or are we just going to assume that everyone knows by now and not pretend that we understand this at all? Okay, so this is from Sportsnet. First, the Blue Jays get a club option covering the 2024 through 2026 seasons for $27 million over three years with annual performance bonuses of up to $1 million based on games pitched. So they, they can exercise that option after the 2023 season. They can say, this is what we want. So after this year, they could tack on three more seasons at $9 million bucks a year. Yeah. Okay. If the Blue Jays decline that option... Green gets a player option for next season, 2024, worth 6.25 with up to $2 million in bonuses. If Green declines that, the Jays get a final two-year club option at $21 million covering the next two years with annual bonuses up to $1 million. So basically... It's like a it's like a weird card. It's like game. a choose your own adventure. Yeah, the Jays go first, and if they love what they see from Chad Green on the way to a World Series championship, they say, "Damn it, we're in for three more, Chad." And if the Jays say, "We don't want that," Green can decide to come back for one more year. And if Green says, "I don't want to come back for one more year," then the Jays could bring him back for two years. This is the weirdest contract I've ever seen. I've never seen a contract with this many stipulations and this many. Maybe this, maybe that. It's just weird how they go back and forth from three to one to yeah. two. It's, it's kind of strange. But moral of the story, long story short, the Jays have Chad Green locked up for two years. They'll have him for at least 2023 and 2024, perhaps longer if he does well. Or if they decline all of this. What? Like the Jays could decline that final two-year option too. Can they? So they can get some... I thought it was a guarantee. Yeah, maybe. I two years? I, I, yeah, we shouldn't have tried. We no, made a big bad. mistake This was here. bad. Uh, this led to Matt Gage getting DFA'd, and now they only have three lefties on the roster, Kikuchi, Maiza, and Ryu. And Ryu, again, 60-day IL. So are you concerned about the lack of lefties, or do you think Yusei Kikuchi is the bullpen answer? Well, I mean, yeah. it's hard to imagine Kikuchi going into the pen because then you have a... I mean, unless the fifth starter is Ricky Tiedemann, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. But... Mitch White? Yeah, Mitch White's a righty. So say Mitch White's the number five, then you just have a rotation full of five right-handed pitchers, and your bullpen has two lefties, one of which is a starter. So I would guess that Kikuchi winds up being the starter, and they just go with 
Tim Meza is the only lefty arm, but I mean, there's still plenty of time for them to find somebody else. There's multiple other names out there in terms of relievers that they could potentially sign. Like there's still Matt Moore. He was quite good last year for Texas. Andrew Chafin, kind of weird that he's still on the market. It was also weird that the Tigers didn't trade him last year ahead of the deadline. Yeah. That was very strange. And there's Zach Britton, another Yankee, Tommy John guy who's had nine million different surgeries and could but be the back. Jays have a Zach Britton in their system. They It'd do. be too confusing to add another. Well, it's also um, if they acquire Zach Britton and they make the playoffs, he can finally come out of the bullpen. And pitch in Toronto in a playoff game. Come out of the new raised bullpens. Yes, that's a good, that's a really good segue. Do you want to jump into that next? Let's do it. New outfield dimensions. This bad boy is going to be more hitter friendly. And when I look at this Jays lineup and I look at some of the power and Varsho and Belt, the new guys they've added, along with the existing pieces in the lineup, that's pretty good. Should be pretty good. It should work out in the Jays' favor. And I think they just straddled the line perfectly of giving yourself an advantage while not designing a Mickey Mouse Little League park like the Yankees. I thought they should have just had the exact same dimensions in Toronto they had in Dunedin. Because in that 2021 season, for the first month, man, Vladdy's OPS was like 1,500. It was nuts. And I'm not going to say that it was the contributing factor behind his great 2021 season, but it certainly helped. So having those 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 Dunedin dimensions in Toronto will be something. But that being said, we can't only, we can't only look at what this is going to do for the hitters. And I mean... There's been spray charts posted all over the place. Oh, here's Whit Merrifield with an added 17 home runs because of flyouts at the wall. Here's Cabin Biggio's now able to hit it out. But think about the pitchers. They'd better be able to keep the ball in the park. Yeah, they better yeah, be. Bad news for Kikuchi. <laughs> yeah, it's a same with Jose Barrios too. Last year, it was allowing all kinds of home runs. So remember, being um, being a hitter friendly park that works on both sides. But it will be fun for the fans if you like dingers, and I like dingers. Yeah. I, I think it'll be cool. Uh, the new renditions of the ballpark and everything we've seen so far look awesome. Like the new bars and all those new drinking social spaces yeah. into that kind of thing. The so many creative ways to just get blacked out at a Jays game now. No more just standard Budweiser in a plastic cup, baby. <laughs> I saw I saw someone comment. Um, I don't know what this was in response to. It was probably just talking about one of the new bars up in the 500 area or whatever. But somebody was like, "Hey, like, why are all of the new changes at the ballpark oriented towards drinking?" And I mean, it's kind of an, a good question because what, what, what would you put in that isn't oriented towards drinking? Because it's the easiest way for a team to make money, right? Like the profit margins on cheapest dirt liquor going for, you know, 16 bucks, 16 bucks for a beer, $20 and 25 cents for a double rum and Coke. Like how much easier is it? What, what else can you do to make money? Printing that easily? money, right? They're going to pay off those stadium upgrades in a season with that, man. They're going to pay for Bo's long-term contract in one year. Start drinking folks. Yeah. We need to get Vladdy extended. Come on. Um, yeah, it looks cool. I'm excited. I always try to head out to the Dome from, from out here once a year. And I Do you have a trip to... planned yet? I think this year I'm doing the Seattle thing. I've yeah. mapped it out. And I think... When I'm... is this? When, when are they in Seattle? End of July. Okay. I think, hear me out, I'm going to drive. It's not a bad drive. It's through the mountains, right? So it's beautiful. And well, I was you, just... You can go through Montana too if you want. Yeah. But to get into my personal life, I'm a big golfer. You know that. Right. So I'm thinking what I'll do is I'll make this like a 12-day trip. And it'll yeah. be like, drive four hours, golf, drive four hours, golf, drive four hours, golf. No sleep, no food. Mm -mm. Just drive, golf. Just driving drive, and golf. golfing. And eventually, I will make it to Seattle. I'll watch three Jays games. I'll turn around, drive four hours, golf, drive four hours, <laughs> golf. And I'll just piece it together. It'll take me like two weeks, but I'll have a hell of a time. I would recommend doing the mountain road, though there is... A 
some nice parts of the drive through the U.S. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the Washington part of the drive sucks, like going through Spokane. And I mean, I've only done this once. I went to Sasquatch, the music festival in 2014, and driving through Idaho specifically was beautiful. I had That's no a idea. beautiful area that not yeah. a lot of people know about. I've never been, but like I I've know people who go and they swear by it. Like best yeah, vacation spot. Yeah, it's ridiculously nice. Like I, I really had no idea. I thought Idaho was just like, it was all potatoes yeah. and open space, but it's all these beautiful rivers and lakes and valleys and canyons and yeah. trees. Really nice. We're going to commit to doing another one of these next week, I think. We should. Yeah, we have to do, I think we have to do three in February. Yeah, uh, we'll catch up on a bunch of this stuff. But the last area, since it's pressing, or not pressing, but it was the current news, um, broadcast news. Buck is back doing only color. So Dan Shulman in as full-time yep. play-by-play. I don't know if you uh, missed it, but he was calling a Blue Devils game the other day. Yeah. And when the Blue Devils won at the, the Blue end, Jays. he goes, the Blue Jays. Oh. <laughs> He's excited for baseball season. So Shulman, play-by-play, Buck, only color. So no more swinging a drive. Or, or yeah, that's yeah. the unfortunate yeah. thing. Is Buck, Buck's probably better as an analyst than he is as a play-by-play guy because, you know, he yeah. messes the guy's names up and this Says and that. But over and over we're again. not going to hear swing and a drive anymore. Yeah. It's it's now gone from the lexicon unless he just jumps in and says it, which... Why not? I mean, why not? <laughs> or maybe Dan will start saying that. Uh, so it'll be Buck. It'll feature Dan. It'll be Joe Siddle, who's going to step in as an analyst from time to time as well and be a big part of it. Caleb Joseph, I think, is going to have a more prominent yeah. role on the TV Did broadcast. You notice how... <laughs> In the PR tweet they put out yesterday, they had Caleb Joseph wearing his Blue Jays gear. I was like, do you guys not have like a Sportsnet headshot of the guy? He's been on TV for two years. Why is there no picture? Super odd. Um, Arash Madani off, Arden Zwelling on. Listen, I know Arash is kind of like a polarizing figure, um, but he loved Blue Jays baseball. And I think for the most part, he's a good dude. I don't love the people going out and being like, finally off. No, it's, a bit much. it's a little bit of a loser thing to do. I like Arden Zwelling, though. I, when I see him on there, I'm like, I actually want more of the info this guy yeah. brings forward. I liked Arash. I don't think anyone needs to be out there shitting on the job Arash did over the last number of years. But I actually do like freshening up the look of the broadcast a little bit. And Arden is fantastic. Yeah. Both Arden and Ben Nicholson Smith are yeah. really good. And then you still have Hazel May in that role too. She's fantastic. I, I agree with you. I'm not going to come on here and be critical of Arash Madani. I think sometimes his interviews could lean to be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. It seemed like his questions were more him leading something to 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 who was in the interview and that could be kind mm-hmm. of off-putting but again i'm not going to sit here and celebrate that someone no longer has a gig but on the positive side adding arden's dwelling to the broadcast is a1 that's i mean mm-hmm. everyone's excited about that that is good stuff all right we got to wrap this bad boy up coomsey um but that is oh first shout out to our friends at points bet canada we're going to do a bit more of like an odds deep dive on one of these upcoming uh podcasts when they have things like the divisional odds up and some player props for the season like we did last year but in the meantime points bet canada is your spot shout out to montana's thanks for tuning in we are excited to say that we're bringing you another full season of blue jays nation radio so giddy up it's almost ball season coomsey best wishes Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.